You are Locked On Indians, your daily Cleveland Indians podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's show is brought to you by one of my favorite sponsors, BuiltBar.com. I use them. I love them. Go check it out for yourself. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Locked On Indians. Deja vu. As you know, I'm recording these back to back. Uh, So let's talk about the Pirates. If you are not paying attention to the Pirates, that's fair. Uh, They didn't pay this past weekend because of the uh, fact that Cincinnati had a player with COVID, and the Pirates are awful. It's we knew the Pirates were going to be awful. Let's just put that on Front Street. This was a team that was going to be bad. Uh, I didn't think they were going to be as bad as they are. Even some of the young players like Brian Reynolds, Josh Bell, Kevin Newman, who we expected to take a step forward in year two. Uh, or year three. These are some nice young pieces for this team that I, I thought would be a, a central piece of their core. That, that has not happened. It has not been good. Uh, Colin Moran has been pretty solid for them. Uh, Eric Gonzalez, the the statistics don't bear out, but his uh, baseball uh, savant data is crazy. Hard hit percentage, top 2%, exit velocity, top 8%, expected batting average, top 3, expected slugging, top 2, expected weighted on base, top 3. Uh, you know, he's the the baseball savant, savant data is extremely high on uh, on Eric Gonzalez, our, our old friend Egon, which that's interesting that uh, I went to look at their numbers there and Makes me wonder about the power rankings on fan graphs uh, because uh, Egon being so low in there. But he's been mostly their third baseman because Kevin Newman had a strong rookie year as a, as a shortstop. And Adam Frazier won the gold glove at second base. Like they, they had an interesting team. Uh, Josh Bell should be a DH from now to the end of time. They have him there, which allowed them to move Miranda first. And it really, it was just like, who's going to play center? Who's going to catch for them? Because, I, I mean, I've always liked... Gregor Polanco, but he is not playing well, and the catching situation has not been good. <laughs> Jared Dyson at age 36 is not ideal in center field. And they've got interesting young players like Cole Tucker that I'm surprised they aren't just getting more reps to just to see what he can do. But yeah, they're bad. Uh, we'll talk about the pitching matchups in a second. Uh, Keone Kalia was should have been an interesting trade piece for them, but, uh, you know, he's not pitching well either. Uh, their closer, who is arguably their best pitcher, uh, is probably going to go to prison for a long, long time. I can't even think of the guy's name. I blocked it from my head. And then you just, you go and you look at their injured list, okay? James Tyon, Tommy John, again, I believe that is his multiple Tommy Johns for him. If not, it was another massive surgery. Joe Musgrove, who, as you recall, was like with Colin Moran. Those are the two big pieces for Garrett Cole. Uh, triceps inflammation. Mitch Keller, who has just not put it together after being a highly rated prospect and a highly drafted kid. Uh, side discomfort. And Chris Archer with their disastrous trade, thoracic outlet syndrome surgery. Oh, and that's that's just their starting pitching. Nick Birdie, the high pick, you know, one of those Birdie brothers elbow discomfort. Kyle Crick, who they got uh, and was pretty effective in their pen from San Francisco, the former top prospect. Strained lat. Michael Feliz, who had been effective for them. Strained forearm. Clay Holmes, uh, another strained forearm. 
Oh boy, yeah. It's and, and then you look at the Pirates. The other issue on top of just the bad trade is they haven't got a lot from those recent draft picks. Their minor leagues are not exactly overflowing with talent. Uh, Cabron Hayes is one of those guys who is probably ready to go for them now, but they don't see a reason to push him. O'Neill Cruz is the largest shortstop you'll ever see. I think he's listed at like six 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 seven. I like Travis Swaggerty as a draft pick. Tajne Thomas at number four. Remember, he was the other player along with Egon in that deal for Luplo. So there's the chance even if Luplo returns to form, that's going to end up a bad deal just because of how good Thomas has improved in the minors. I love Nick Gonzalez. That was a fantastic pick. Quinn Prester was a was a solid first-rounder, like a secondary first-rounder a year ago. And Brennan Malone was uh, one of the primary pieces in the Marte deal. Again, a deal that I thought they were a little light in their return on. But uh, we'll see. It's For a team that's this bad, they just... I expect the miners to be better, and they they sold off most of what wasn't nailed down. It just you know they really missed an opportunity, and I shouldn't laugh because the situation's so bad. But they nearly traded their closer, held on to him, and uh, yeah, he's one of the worst human beings on the face of the planet. Uh, so it worked out poorly for them, you know, just in terms of asset management, I would have traded down everyone who wasn't nailed down. I mean, this team is pretty far away from contending. You keep maybe the young core. Uh, they gave Adam Frazier an extension. I would have seen if he had any value as a flippable asset. It, it, anyone over the age of like 27 was going to be ticketed out of town if I ran this team. But I do not. And we'll see. Maybe they can flip Eric Gonzalez. He continues to hit like that. Maybe the Indians will want him back. He did have some experience playing outfield in Cleveland as well, so... Who knows? I'm surprised they don't have him try in center field because uh, Gerard Dyson is, is not the answer there. Pitching-wise, should we get into the pitching matchups or should we do our uh, you know position-by-position position reviews? I think you, you know how this is going to go. Uh, I am excited. The one game I can't wait to watch is uh, the first game of the series on Tuesday because there's that off game Monday. JT Brubaker. Now, if you're not familiar with JT Brubaker, that's fine. Uh, he is a University of Akron pitcher, and he, along with Joey Haverlick, were both taken um, from the last year that Akron had baseball. At the end of that season is when, uh, kind of out of nowhere, the program got canceled. And Brubaker was a sixth-round pick, but he got like 250000 He got a big bonus. He got the biggest bonus of any pitcher in the MAC that year. Pat Light, who was this huge like 6'9 lefty on the team, was kind of the big guy. Uh, in terms of like draft talk at the start of the year. Unfortunately, took a, a baseball to the head, a line drive, and knocked him out for most of his uh, senior season. And Brubaker got that opportunity to step into that role, and he just ran with it. And I thought it was a great pick by the Pirates in the sixth round, and they went a little over, over slot, I believe, at the time. And Brubaker's in the majors, so that pays off. When your sixth round pick gets to the majors, that is a good draft pick. Uh, Akron has not had a huge history of success. Chris Bassett is pretty much taken the greatest zip of all time label, uh, and he's run with that. Uh, I'm blanking on the Kent State pitching coach, which is awful because uh, he's a fantastic pitching coach. Uh, he was Akron's greatest player of all time before. And there's been a few other guys through the years, but uh, Bassett's running away at the title, but it's awesome to see Brew Baker here, see him pitching. Uh, just to make that. I'm not sure where he's from locally. I should probably pull that up, actually, and, and see if he's got some kind of greater tie to the area. 
Now, he was born in Springfield, Ohio, and went to Tecumseh High School in New Carlisle, Ohio. So, yeah, an Ohio kid through and through. Uh, anytime he's not facing the Indians, I will be rooting for JT Brubaker. That matchup is a, a rough one against Carrasco for him. Now, Brubaker, this is just his second start. It is his will be his fourth game in the big leagues. Very small sample size, just eight innings. But the performance has been good in those eight innings. And again, uh, it's not really much you can judge him on, but... It's going to be a clear advantage for the Indians in that one. Uh, let me go over to the next matchup is Aaron Saval. I always get I had this correction. It's I think it's Savali, not Saval. It's Savali against Stephen Brault. Brault's another guy I got to see in my time in the minors, and we'll get more into that in a moment here. As I mentioned at the top of the show, our primary sponsor is Built Bar. They are releasing their new line of products, and I am. Really hoping that I get that free trial set like they did with the last one. Uh, I specifically, I've mentioned how I moved. I went in and changed my address in our uh, company, a uh, whole big to-do, before I've changed like my credit cards, before I went and did a change of address with mailing, just so I could better get uh, the shipment of Built Bars if we get another free sample. I love this product. I think they, they're delicious. I pack them with me all the time. It is a product I believe in and I use daily. Right now, when you go to BuiltBar.com, you can try their new products and use the promo code LOCKEDON to get 10% off your order. If you do that soon enough, they estimate within the first week they'll be out, but you'll get a free cooler in addition to that 10% off. So go to BuiltBar.com right now. I'm curious to hear if uh, anyone does try these new uh, flavors. I can't buy any until I finish off my current uh, stash. So tell me what you think of the brand new flavors from BuiltBar.com and use that promo code LOCKEDON. So we got the one Stephen Brault, and I was confusing him at first with another pitcher that I saw, who I'm blanking on his name, who was this gigantic, heart-throwing righty, which is the complete opposite of Steve Brault, who's a six-foot-tall left-hander with fringy stuff. But uh, he was a former 11th-round pick by the by the Orioles, and since he's come to the Pirates, he's been given the opportunity to pitch for them. Uh, 113 innings last year, 91 the year before that. He's not been league average, but he's not been a replacement. He's been usable. I, it, probably if you're a good team, you look to upgrade. If you're a team like the Pirates, that's he's totally fine. And the last pitcher is Trevor Williams, who it, it always stands out in my mind for two reasons. One, uh, I did not understand why the Marlins spent a second-round pick on him. Now he's proven me wrong. That's a, a thing that I totally blew because the fact that he has pitched... Uh, all the games that he has in the majors shows that, uh, yeah, it was a good pick. He's had almost 100 games in the majors, and uh, 87 of those being starts. He had 2017 and 2018. He was uh, over two uh, in terms of his war, so he is above league average. And the other thing that stands out with Williams is he was traded for a coach. It's like uh, when Ray Serge, I think was his name was, or Serge, like S-E, what, you know. If you know about him, he was like the Pirates guru. Uh, who could fix every pitcher, except for he stopped being able to fix the Pirates pitchers and eventually was let go. But his understudy, the Marlins, wanted him so bad that to make him their pitching coach, the Pirates got Trevor Williams from them. And he's turned into a reliable, you know, mid-to-back-end starter for them during that time. Not the greatest start for this year for him, but uh, he doesn't miss a ton of bats. He also typically doesn't hurt himself with walks. He can be a little home run prone, and that was his issue in 2019 where his value diminished a little, and we're seeing that home run rate continue through. He's a, a solid back-end arm for this team. 
Uh, so let's do our fun one-to-one -one comparisons. Let's see how this grades out. People are liking this, so I'm, I'm going to continue doing it uh, for the foreseeable future. Second base, uh, Adam Frazier versus Cesar Hernandez. Now, Frazier is the better defender. Hernandez is hitting better this year. Uh, I think historically, though, you would say that Frazier is the more valuable player and give the advantage to the Pirates. Shortstop, I, okay, so Lindor struggled a bit, but he did have the big home run over the weekend. Uh, eventually, we'll get to talk about the Detroit series. But, uh, yeah, it's easy Indians at the shortstop position. Josh Bell at DH. Man, a year ago, he was upper-crust young hitters in the league. Uh, he's not quite killing it the way he was uh, last year, but the ability and what we saw. But the other side of things is Fran Mo Reyes is on a hot, hot streak and showing what he can do. And as crazy as this might have seemed... You know, earlier in the year, I gotta give the Indians the advantage in this matchup. Uh, I can't believe I'm saying that, but Fanmel Reyes has been better than Josh Bell this year. And Fanmel, I was man, I was digging his grave for him a few weeks ago, but he has turned it on. He's figured it out, and he just he spent the weekend slaughtering the Pirates after spending, you know, the week hitting the Cubs. So uh, yeah, Indians up one nothing. You move to first base. I mentioned Colin Moran is actually playing well for them. Carlos Santana, though, continues to be Carlos Santana. He's a better defender than Moran. Uh, louder uh, production, two-spot advantage Indians. Left field. Uh, Brian Reynolds, a year ago, looked really good. Almost contended for a batting title, right? Like, was in the top ten. Kind of a surprise guy with that. Uh, Domingo Santana has been out there for the Indians. A little up and down. Defense is pretty abysmal. I'm going to go ahead, even though uh, Reynolds is having some struggles this year, and give the advantage to the Pirates. So the Indians are now up one. Right field. Oh, boy. So Gregor Polanco has been very, very bad. And the Indians' right field has been equally awful, really. They, they don't have much to show at it. Uh, push. I can't really give any team an advantage when both of them are like black holes in terms of offensive production. Third base, Eric Gonzalez, who talked about it. He is having a heck of a year, but uh, advantage Indians with Jose Ramirez. I mean, really, I don't think we can compare those two in spite of the, the... Gonzalez is arguably having a better year right now than Jose. One could make a case for that now, but I'm still going to say that Jose is the advantage for the Indians. Center field. Gosh, I mean, they're the one team where the outfield might be worse than ours. Uh, another push. I can't give either team an advantage. Uh, both teams are... I mean, I, I almost lean towards the Indians because Dyson is 36. He doesn't cover the ground he used to. So the Indians have a... With Delano DeShields would win with through defense and speed. So that might be enough. I mean, I, I know that's crazy, but that might be enough to win that matchup. I think I'm going to go back and give the Indians an advantage. There is a way that they are the better team... Uh, that gives them a three-point lead with one push and the catching position. Again, uh, whew, there's this... They're just so bad at catching. It's like, what do I do? How do I make a decision? I think uh, the Indians' catching situation is worse, uh, as crazy as that might be. Uh, I watched them nearly give away Saturday's game because they had a catcher interference. Uh, that, that alone, on top of the complete lack of production makes it uh, so I give advantage Pittsburgh. So that gives a 3-2 to two advantage. The Indians have the advantage in every single pitching matchup. 
Uh, Derek Holland and Chad Kuehl are their other two starters. Uh, Brault has been arguably their best pitcher this year and has had their best performances of late in that uh, second matchup for the Indians. But since he is going up, it's you know it, it's a rough weekend because they have Carrasco, Savali, and Bieber. The Indians have the advantage in every single game, so advantage starting pitching Cleveland Indians and bullpen. Whew, it's I mean you're facing a four and fourteen team. It's advantage Indians again. This is just not a good team on any level. And they should be, you know, right now Richard uh, Rodriguez, I need to go dig into him. He's been their most effective reliever. Like, they should be, uh, he needs to be traded. Like, they need to trade every little piece, get every bit of value they can conceivably get, figure out how to bring more uh, to this team. Now, Rodriguez, I wanted to go dig into him. 2019 was not kind, but 2018, a 1.3 war, working for the Pirates out of their bullpen. So there's some history of success there with him. Yeah, Again, if they can flip him, and he's having the, the year this year, uh, what went wrong, went wrong for him in 2019? Uh, the strikeout rate went away compared to 2018. And the home the walk rate increased a little and the home run rate took a big jump uh, so that's what you see with him now uh, I don't know if they will move him if any team's going to be that interested but more of my point is this is a very bad team Pittsburgh Pirates are a team that uh, should be in contention for the first overall pick for next year uh, that is not necessarily going to be Kumar Rocker. It could very well be, but uh, see a lot of people making that rush to, to assume. I think the top of next year's class is quite strong, so I would not uh, just assume that it's going to be Rocker. It's, it looks like a really nice uh, top end of the class in terms of value and interesting players. Rocker could easily end up being that player, but I think the Pirates are kind of putting that ground in to get that first overall pick. And this should be a three-game sweep for the Indians. They should continue their hot uh, play of late. This is an easy matchup, bottom line. This is where you have to get fat on the bad teams. This is where you go. Because you had three against Detroit. You had, on top of the three against Detroit, you had the off days. You're getting the most off days they're probably going to have all year. And then you have Detroit, Pittsburgh, Detroit. Those nine games, this is where you have to start to... You know, push yourself up there, turn things even more on, assure yourself that playoff spot, because you're not going to get an easier schedule. You're not going to get an easier chunk, and that is also why they can send those pitchers to the minors. Um, it is interesting that uh, Fangraphs, even though nothing has been announced yet, has Plesak and Clevenger started as for Friday and Saturday. I don't know if that's necessarily going to happen. They might not uh, come back uh, any time soon they might need one starter so you see one of them but yeah there'll be one change because after the off day it's then a bunch in a row so they're going to need that fifth starter so it'll be interesting to see who they do call how they get things aligned with minnesota coming after this because there is a real possibility if they do the business they should do if they take care of things the way they should that uh if you are the cleveland indians that series against uh the twins is going to be for whoever wins it wins uh takes over first in that division so it's it's a big series coming up and the indians have to use this to uh to make it even more important uh the detroit series we'll talk about later on in the week but that's gonna be a fun one as i think one of my favorite prospects casey mize will appear this weekend it sounded like he is getting closer to being called up 
so yeah, you know, we do. I, I don't know if I'll do another Detroit preview uh, when we get back for the Thursday or Friday show. Um, I'll probably talk about Pittsburgh and Detroit in one show on Thursday, and I guess talk about it a little bit. But we just came off Detroit the weekend before, so I don't think we're going to need another preview. Uh, so hit me up with questions for our mailbag. Let's just dive into that. Let's go back to doing some mailbag talk. Let's, uh, you know, give me your thoughts on possible trades. I mean, at the end of this week, there's going to be a week before the trade deadline. That's it. A week to see if you can go and find someone who can help this team or how you rate the ship. And it's you've had such little time to scout and see players. It's going to be difficult. Um It'll be something very interesting to, to watch and see what develops uh, in terms of that. You know, there has not been a lot of talk. Oh, so did I eat? Oh, I, sorry. I was just looking at the, you know, placed on a restricted list, taken off the restricted list. But that's just when Plesak and Clevenger were taken off the restricted list and option to the miners that has not been updated yet. So, yeah, that is... Uh, that's the incoming Pirates, a really bad team. And then a Detroit Tigers team that, uh, you know, was much improved, but one of their big offseason additions, CJ Cron, is already done for the year. And they're starting to pull some of their young talent in. And then Minnesota on deck after that. I hope you've enjoyed yet another episode of Lockdown Indians. I've been your host, Jeff Ellis. Uh, as always, I look forward to feedback, interactions, Tell me when I'm wrong. Tell me when I mess up. Tell me when you like an idea. Tell me when you don't like an idea. I am always up for improving the show in whatever way possible. And as always, go Tribe.